Iowa everywhere. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening, wherever you are. We're happy that you have chosen to listen to Making Mems here on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network with your... uh, your uh, your friends Adam and Jordan. I am a farmer from Northwest Iowa, who very few of you know, and Jordan is the most prolific three point shooter in Iowa history. That probably most of you know, and we're just here making mems, baby. Jordan, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. A lot of a lot to talk about, so I'm excited to dive in. And I always enjoy these making mems sessions because it just uh-huh. it's almost like therapeutic for both of us. I feel like. It is. Um, and I tell you what, I love doing morning pods. It's my, I have another podcast, not with morning people. I can't convince my friends to do it in the morning, but I love getting to drink my coffee here in the morning. And I'm a cheery morning person. I'm up at five bouncing around hyped for the day. And, uh, can't think of a better way to start a day than drinking coffee with my pal Jordan. You know, it's funny. I know. I don't know if we talked about this before, but back in high school, actually going into middle school it was about seventh eighth grade i started doing this adam i'd get up at like 4 30 in the morning and get a workout in and shoot baskets and get my 500 makes in for the day i always say that before anyone gets out of the bed i'll get my 500 makes in. so i was like the biggest morning person ever and then like <laughs> high school hit and I, I kid you not this is so funny it's about sophomore year uh yeah it was probably around sophomore junior year something must have just hit me because I would get to like second block and we call them blocks. So there'd be two periods in a block in high school. Mm-hmm. So I get to second block around like 1145 and I had AP psychology. It would have been junior year. I took AP psychology my junior year. And I would be falling asleep in that class, Adam, while mm-hmm. she's talking. And I'm not joking. I would. Not good. <laughs> well, we watched a lot of like uh, movies and not movies, but like uh I don't even know what they're called, like lectures, I guess, on, sure. on the video. So like I would always and I was like the way back. So I'd not put my hood up, but I would like put my head down <laughs> on the desk and look like I'm watching. And there was a day where it was almost like my intervention, you could say. There was a day where I jolt, you know how you like jolt out of your sleep or sometimes when you're on your plane on the plane or something, and you're like, and you're like freaking out. Yes. And you feel like everyone in the world is watching you. I had one of those moments around junior year in high school, and I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I just give myself a little extra at sleep, maybe like get up at five instead of four, yeah. and maybe I don't have those moments 
So yeah, it was, it was probably my, I hit rock bottom, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you have to have those moments. It's always darkest before the dawn. You have to have those moments so you can grow as a person and, and get better. True. Yeah. But I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I don't even know why I started talking about that. <laughs> uh, did you have a, did you have an exciting weekend? Yeah. You know, uh, Saturday could have went better, which we'll talk about here soon, but yep. you know, anytime I'm able to watch the Hawks with family, um, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. I mean, I'm going to miss having these Iowa football games. As, as I get older, I'm sure you're, you're feeling the same way. Like, as, as you get older and are a fan of a team, it's almost, like, kind of depressing when seasons come to end because they're yep. just, like, you kind of look forward to watching a, a Saturday football game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in between the seasons, we'll have this podcast to get us through, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and basketball coming up. Yes, sir. I was in uh, Des Moines all weekend. Uh, I had my annual game weekend with my four best friends from high school. We do a big board game weekend for like three, four days every year. They care about the games more than I do, for sure. I like them, but my favorite part of the weekend is getting out of Elta and being able to eat all the good food in Des Moines. Mm. And holy moly, did I eat too much food. We ate at a place called Maccabee's Deli, an Asian place called Thai Flavors. Got to hit up Cane's while you're in Des Moines. Love me some Raisin Cane's. Um, went to a place called Main Street Cafe. A lot of food. Um, felt completely disgusting on my drive home Sunday morning. Felt like I was 600 pounds. Gross. Um, and so I hit the gym hard yesterday to get back at it. But it was a good time. It's fun that you can make those make that uh, make that time for each other. Yeah, I have a little hidden gem. I, I should have texted you to go here in Des Moines. Um, yeah, place is called La Me. Next time you go for you need to go for oh, breakfast. I've heard it's great. Yes. I I'd recommend going to the one and uh it's right across the street from all the high school off the interstate in Des Moines. Um Roosevelt. It's right across the street from Roosevelt High School. Okay. And it is I I'm not joking, dude. I've never had a better breakfast meal in my I've had almost everything on the menu. Um, it's like a French kind of bakery type little it's it's literally a hidden gem in there and it's unbelievable. The people, the owners, everyone is fantastic. The baked goods they have, oh my gosh. Woo! It's unreal. So next time you go there, you you have you you have to go. It's a must go if you're in Des Moines. Deal. I think that we just storm uh we just storm Williams' house. We do a live pod in his studio near Des Moines, and then we make him buy us breakfast there. Mm, yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. After what he did to me. Are you a Christmas guy? I love this time of year so much. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I'm just it could not make me happier. I love Christmas so much. What well, it's great being I don't know, some people might have a little different perspective maybe they don't like being around family i know there's some people out there that are <laughs> anti-gathering of family but i don't i, I agree i, I like That's what i'm enjoying is seeing so my nephew so i have two nephews and a niece now mm-hmm. so what i'm enjoying is watching my nephews like take in christmas that's what oh, yeah. i find enjoyment in and like obviously i love it too but we just spoil the heck out of them we don't give gifts for our, our brothers or you know, anyone of the adults, we just give everything to the kids. <laughs> so, you guys do it how we do it. Yeah. 
Dude, uh, my niece and nephew watching them with the elf on the shelf is incredible. Watching them freak out when they when they come here to visit and they can't believe the elf made it from their home all the way to the farm. And uh, so much fun to watch Christmas through little kids' eyes. I've never actually, we've never done elf on the shelf. Well, you got to do what's right for you. Yeah. But you won't regret it if you do it. It's weird because my girlfriend, she they're like big, they were big on that growing up now. Like I, I like I've never experienced it, so I don't even. Oh, yeah. Well, check it out. Maybe talk about it as a fan. Maybe you can get into it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I had speaking of Christmas, I had my my pre coffee out of this mug. I drink it while my other mug cools down, and it's my Christmas mug. Says all is calm, all is bright. Um, last night all was not bright for your Iowa Hawkeyes. That was bad. That was maybe to be expected. I don't know if maybe that bad to be expected, but Iowa, really, no one really ever wins in Mackey. But, uh, whoo, tough watch. Um, maybe an eye-opening, hopefully good learning moment for the Hawks. Uh, start us off, buddy. What was your take on the game last night? Well, there's a lot to take in. I know we touched on it a little bit last week and we were texting about it um, last night. It was just the worst time to play Purdue, if you think about it, because they came off that loss at Northwestern, their all-in-one conference, but they're ranked top five in the country. So you know Coach Painter in there the last few days after losing Northwestern was just on them and on them because if you go down 0-2 in Big Ten Conference games, it's very very hard to dig yourself out of the hole. Purdue's a little different because they can do it, but – yeah, if they lose to Northwestern, which you know they'll be a middle of the pack Big Ten team. Iowa, you know, I'm not sure where they're going to end up, but if you lose to two teams, you know, like Northwestern Iowa to start the year in the Big Ten season, you know, it's hard to get out of that hole. So 0 and 2, I would imagine Matt Painter was all over those guys and all over them to say this is a game that we're going to have to do everything we can, not just to win, but we got to make a statement here saying this is a team that's going to roll over and, you know, not put a foot down on the ground and keep moving forward. So, I don't know. Obviously, the the red flag was offensive rebounding. Just way too much that happened in the first half. It was brutal. Absolutely yeah. brutal. It wasn't impossible to come back from after what they did in the first half to us. Yeah, yeah Iowa, man, I was watching that game. And I just kept thinking over and over again, how in the world did this team lose to Northwestern? I mean, I know you have off nights and stuff, and it was on the road, but I mean, Edie is just, I'm not sure there's a single per team in the country who really matches up with them. Obviously, there's going to be, there's plenty of teams in the country who could beat them, but Edie is, that guy's unbelievable. And when you watch, like, a note I wrote down here, I think. And you obviously can touch on this more. You have played the game for the Hawks and at a high level. But Iowa, their continuity and cohesion just doesn't seem rare. And I know they got a lot of young guys and this team's playing together, a lot of them for the first time. But you look at Purdue, Purdue's ball movement, the way they're picking and popping, they can just sense when someone's going to be in the right place. And it's like they don't even have to look almost. They just know the guy's going to be there. And, man, they're – cohesion and unity on their team compared to Iowa's. I mean, it was like, it was like night and day at times. It didn't even look like the team should be on the same court. And uh, I know like I was young. So, so, you know, maybe that will come with, with just time together, but boy, that was a stark difference. One thing I noticed for sure. 
Yeah, and you know, I don't want to be biased to you know the point guards, I guess you could say, for Iowa, but I just know I played that position for so long at Iowa. I I, I know how you know you're supposed to run the point there. And don't get me wrong, DeSante and Brock are doing a phenomenal job because I think they're great players and they have done what they had they they're been asked to do. However, you know, they're they're gonna have to be done more from them for Iowa to be successful this year. Because mm-hmm. as you look, Payne Sanford is three for ten, three for seven from three. You know, he he pretty much got all his points at the end of the game, towards mm-hmm. the end of the game. Um that and that's on the point guards. You see a guy that Payton, he's in you know, Ben too. I mean, he had a lot of his points towards the end of the game too. Um, and it was 16, but the, the point guys got to get guys going. I mean, that, that was, that's your job. If you see guys that are struggling to even get a shot off, it's your job to go out there and make shots for those guys. So he's, so Brock, DeSante, they got to come in and, you know, they're not scoring guards. They got to be coming in and averaging their goal. Their goal each should be averaging about four to six assists per game. That should be their goal. And if they're not doing that, Iowa isn't going to be successful in the Big Ten because you, we're going to have to score more than 68 points in a game, especially how I, how we play. Iowa plays really fast-paced, and we're scoring 68 game, uh, points in a Big Ten game. You know, our mm-hmm. you know it's funny the funny goal or the funny uh, scoring goal is what we always talk about. First one to 69 wins the game. Mm-hmm. So, and that's usually been the case through the years. But you know, a lot of it's going to come down to point guards in my in my opinion, Adam, and if if they can do that and get those guys going and saying that Patrick, Patrick couldn't get anything going. Tony really didn't get much going. It was all on himself. They got to find ways to open up shots for the guys around, around them. And if they don't do that, it's going to be a long, long season. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed, man. Um, at the end of the game, Peyton, I don't know, it was like three minutes left maybe or something. He, he's fighting for someone fighting for a loose ball with someone. And he, he got it. Iowa got the timeout and at first the announcers were like, Oh, is he hurt or something? And he, he was just laying there for 10 seconds, like just catch his breath. Cause he was exhausted and you watch him all night long. He's running around trying to get open. And, you know, like you said, they weren't getting the ball and man, it almost felt like at times he was just running around for no reason. And yeah. I mean, he is like so far this season, every game like has shown, I know it's not just him, but when he, when they get him looks and he's on the Hawks had either have a chance are right in it with a good team or they win pretty convincingly. And when he struggles and they aren't getting him looks or he's off, it's it's a long night for the Hawks. And he and he's someone that need they need to have him score. I mean Ben Ben will do what he does. He'll probably be around that twelve to sixteen points per game mm-hmm. in Big Ten season. But I mean we gotta get something from Patrick, from Perk, from from Peyton. If if they don't get anything going, I mean you look up there, Pat, Pat had eight, Peyton had nine Tony had 12, so they had 29 points between the three of them. Those are three guys that should be averaging, you know, around probably 40 to 45 points between the three of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's probably going to be – that's that. those are the three guys that they're going to focus in on every single game is they're going to shut out um, the, the backcourt. They're going to say – and that's what Purdue does so well all the time. I mean, as we talked about last week, Adam, they're going to pressure the guard, point guard 95 feet from the basket – Make them work for everything. Get the ball up the floor. Got to, uh, you got, you got to run a lot of ball screens. So our guards have to be really good at ball screens. And you know, we didn't do well in the ball screen action, like I talked about. Zach Eady played yeah. all the way back, like I said, and we really didn't make a lot of deci- a lot of good decisions from that. We freed up Zach Eady to come out, 
but we got to be able to dish right away and drive the gap. I, Tony did that being in the game. He came in and got an and one and um, we drove mm-hmm. the gap after we drove in the paint and touched the paint. There just wasn't a lot of that happening. And that the points, how many points we, 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 we had showed, showed that. Yeah, man, there was a, uh, Oh, I was, I was like, I was hollered at my TV. There was times when Edie was coming out in the perimeter with Cricky or Freeman. And like, those were the times when we got to like try to find a way to get to the hoop while he's not there, get aggressive, maybe an and one or maybe draw a foul and make some free throws. And Pat, uh, I'm not saying obviously you, you're always in the game and you care, but for some reason, I just don't feel like he's being as aggressive as he has in the past. There was times when he had a guy, he's what is Pat like six, nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had a guy, maybe six, four, six, five, either switched onto him or that's the height of the guy guarding him. Cause he was our three um, for a lot of the times he was in there and he had a guy on him and I was like, back him down and score Pat. You, he's a tough shot maker or a tough shot finisher. He draws fouls and he would catch it in this turn and then just kick the ball out. And I was like, dang, like if you can be aggressive down low, that can open up some other stuff. And I don't know if he just seemed kind of, I'm not saying he was checked out, but man, I just, there was, there was moments there where I thought he could really drive in and get some momentum going and change the game a little with some aggressive play. And I don't know why he just didn't do it. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I think Pat needs to be aggressive every single game because, as you see, if he's not aggressive, he's not going to be much effective this year because guys are going to guard – their guys are guarding him differently this year because they don't have, you know, Keegan around and they don't get Chris around and there's not Luca around. There's not a lot of guys to open up a lot of play for the, the guards, especially on this team this year. Mm-hmm. So we have guys that come in aren't aggressive. It's not going to be you know worthwhile for them to be on the court half the time because they're not providing anything you know beneficial. And you know you know Pat has had some good games. He's played well, but you know he's got to step it up. He's got to be if he want if he wants to take this team then say he's got to be that guy. Someone has to be that guy that say hey you know we're not getting down twenty two at at you know away from us. We're gonna you know it might be one thing get down ten, but we're not gonna let this thing you know move past ten because we're gonna stay in the game no matter what hits us. We're gonna yep. fight back. But you know once they got down ten, as everyone saw, it was pretty much game over because it was way out of reach at that point. Yeah, there's a lot less room for error uh, now than you know say when it was you and Luca Wies camp or even after Luca left and we had Keeg and you and Joe and those guys, you know, that we, if we kept around 10, 12, like Iowa fans, we knew like you guys have played together forever. You're going to, you can figure it out. You can hit some shots, get right back in it. And it kind of feels like if it gets to be too much of a gap this year, there's not a lot of hope for a comeback maybe. And maybe that'll change. I mean, I mean maybe it's just Purdue. They're a juggernaut. It's going to be tough. Um, the Big Ten, obviously, right now is kind of Purdue and everyone else for the most part. And so maybe it's just Purdue and against some other teams, they'll slowly start to figure it out. But uh, that gap does feel a lot larger now than it did in the past. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked about last week, there are just not a lot of opportunities for games to be won to get an NCAA tournament this year for Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to go in against Seton Hall. But like we said, Seton Hall's not – they're not going to be an NCAA tournament team this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a good win. It, I wouldn't say it was a good win. It was a, it was a win. It wasn't a it – was it, was, it wasn't a good loss, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. It was, it was a yep. game you should have won. But they're running out of games this year to make a statement on themselves to say, hey, 
we 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 won these key games. We deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. And you know we're running out of time here because, as you know, it's really hard to win in the on the road in the Big Ten. And that's really all they have left. I mean, they have Iowa State coming up here, and other than that, man, they have a, co- a couple road games that could squeeze out a W. But they got to win every single game at home in the Big Ten right now to be able to get in the NCAA tournament. Based off what I'm looking at on their schedule. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. I would have to agree. Um, what is uh, what is film and practice like after a game like that? Is it, uh, you know what, guys, it, we've, we've a couple points here and there, but let's flush it and look forward, especially the next game being a massive rivalry. But is it, uh, yeah, just, just go ahead and answer that. What is, what is film and practice like after a game like that? Well, this one's a little different because we always do two-day prep, so – you know, we always joke about not to talk badly, but we always joke about when there's a you lose a game and then you play a game two days later after that, it is the longest day ever because, you know, you're realistic, realistically supposed to have practice three to six, but as you know, you know, there's you're there a lot longer than three to six. Yeah. So, you know, you get there, you know, two get ready you have film starting at three and at three o'clock we you watch the whole game you go through and dissect it and you know depending on how the game went it was either going to be a not so good film session or a really really bad and critical film film session as it should be so you know these days they're going to go through a long day today at the iowa team is where they're watching you know 30 plus minutes of of the purdue game they're going in and getting the lift in after that they're coming back watching and introducing iowa state before practice going to practice and then you know either you know you either you either introduce before practice or after practice they're probably going to introduce after practice so there's a lot of film that's going to go on today a lot of learning you know, a lot of rest for the guys, probably not going to do much in practice, you know, mm-hmm. just going to get the feet under you, get some shots up, run a few, you know, five on five contact drills, just get the feet under you, get get back and, you know, ready for the game on Thursday. But those two day preps, Adam, those are those are not fun because it is a long, long day that you're in the, that it, you're in Carver. Right on. Well, let's hope it can be a productive and uh, leading into the Cyhawk game. Um, before we we go on to that, and if you have any finishing thoughts about Purdue, um, we got to mention our friends at Channel Seed. We are coming to you from the Channel Seed Studios. Uh, busy time of year for probably a lot of the seedsmen out there. Post harvest is you're having all your meetings with farmers and making your plans for the next year and everything like that. And so I'm sure there's a lot of Channel Seed guys out there. Hopefully, a lot of them are listening to us right now while they're on their way to a farmer's house to make a not so small sale of seed. I'm probably sure it's not cheap. Seed's not cheap. Uh, I know from experience, but uh, you know what, while they're going to some of those farmers houses, maybe some of those farmers should look into getting a drone from Terraplex ag, uh, a wonderful sponsor of our show, Terraplex ag. They uh, specialize in drones, which is a wonderful new way um, to, to help with uh, your farm, um, whether it's spreading cover crop fertilizer getting good aerial views um, of your fields to see maybe where you're lacking in some nutrients um, or just having a drone to i don't know fly around and have fun with hopefully not to creep on your neighbors with um 
look at our friends at Terraplex. They got everything you need. They'll sit down, work with you, show you how it's done, and you'll have a great experience. So check out our friends, our friends at Terraplex Ag. Did you have any final thoughts on the Purdue game before we move to Cyhawk? I, I just want the guys to do well this year. I know I, I I get critical at times, and I've even had hate thrown on me. Like, oh, you're out of the team, so you don't really care anymore. It's just you just want something yeah. to do bad. I'm like, no. you're in a much tougher spot than I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I want these guys to do really well. And I know, you know, people can hate on me all you want, but I, I know what it takes to win at that level and what Fran is asking those guys to do. And mm-hmm. obviously, that did not happen at Purdue, so. But the great thing is, as Fran always said, we got to turn the page and we have another opportunity on the horizon. You know, I guarantee you that's one of the first words he's going to say before the Iowa State game. And, you know, as we know, as we dive into this, Iowa and Iowa State games have always just felt different for some reason. And yep. obviously the reason is being a, a rival game, but this game has always been meaning more for each team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Iowa State going to be looking for some revenge last year's result was a little shocking i think to say the least for a lot of people i think it was connor and uh i don't think chris played i think it was chris and connor didn't play if i remember right and iowa won by like 20 some uh chris didn't play yes connor played okay um so yeah iowa state's gonna be looking for some i mean I don't think years past really matters. I think that both teams just kind of always hate each other regardless, um, which you obviously know. But Iowa State, kind of a similar team to Iowa this year, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, they've had some leads that they blew, lost some games that they should have won. Um, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be a classic Cyhawk rivalry. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I haven't seen the line yet, but my guess with some friends was Iowa State probably around like a four and a half to five point favorite. Um, Iowa state a lot more offensive this year, putting up 80, 90 points. Um, Taman Lipsy leading the ship for them. Have you seen any highlights of this mom guy? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player. He's fun to watch. He's a good shooter. Very versatile. Um, takes like some off balance, one footed occasional quick shots, kind of like, Dirk or Larry Bird did not saying he's going to be Dirk or Larry Bird. Calm down people. But uh, so, yeah, so in Iowa state, they're fourth in the country in steals uh, fifth overall defensive rating in the country right now still. So um, it's going to be a tough game for the Hawks, but um, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, what's your take on this game coming up? I'm excited to watch it just because I know what the atmosphere is going to be like. Iowa State hates Iowa. Iowa hates Iowa State. It's pretty simple. And when you're going to this game, the freshmen a little different in this class this year because there's a lot of Iowa guys, so they know what this rivalry means to the state. But there's also that effect of they haven't experienced it yet either. And, you know, I – my freshman year, we didn't play at Iowa State. We played at Iowa, but we, you know, that was the Monte Morris, the Matt Thomas that that, that mm-hmm. year where they're really, really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to Iowa State their freshman year, and you know, we always talk about them being the eye opener for a lot of things. They had their eye opener for Purdue last night. What it was like playing in the Big Ten arenas. You know, they've had their eye opener playing against Oklahoma the first Big time time game this year, and now it's pretty much his last page they have to turn on what it means to play in an Iowa jersey. And what's yep. that last page is that's playing in an Iowa-Iowa State game. 
And it just, whether people like to hear it or not, it's the Super Bowl, Super Bowl for each team. I mean, we always make that joke. The team that loses doesn't say it's the Super Bowl. The team that wins says it's the, it's the Super Bowl, basically. Yeah. So that's <laughs> um, just how it is. You know, Iowa State, no matter what they're showing on the stat board here, yeah, I mean, you see, you look down the line, like you said, they're averaging 83 a game. You know, they're the thing I'm looking at before I get into that last straw that I'll let you chime in here. Sure. Um, the, the thing I see a lot is – a team that struggles scoring offensively historically. Not saying they always do, but I would imagine Iowa's going to come out in a lot of pressing, a lot of zone. And right. I'm sure I'm sure TJ knows that already because that's what we've done in the past because Iowa State has struggled to shoot the ball, you know, in recent years. Um, this year they only have about two guys. I mean, Lipsy can, Lipsy can shoot from three, but um, they really only have two guys that are, you know, shooting – kind of at a high clip from three and they're not shooting a lot, but they kind of have a high clip from three. So I would imagine they come out in zone and, and really push Iowa state to shoot from three. And if, if uh, Iowa state is able to hit a lot of threes this, this game, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be really good news for Iowa state. But like I, like I was trying to alluding to here, it really doesn't matter what you look up the stat board here for these games because, you know, you're going to have guys that take this as the biggest game in their entire life and they're going to go off for 30. It's just how these games work. It's just how this mm-hmm. game go, but you can't predict any of this. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and me, me too. I, I think people want to hear more about what you have to say. Uh, I would love if you could just take us through what it's like, um, when you get off the bus, you're walking into Hilton, the locker room. Like, what's it like for an opposing team coming into this rivalry? Like, what was it like for you? Are fans waiting there for the other team to boo you and, you know, give you some not-so-nice number one signs? Um, when you come out of the locker room for shoot-around and stuff, what's it? Is it super, super hostile, or is it not really crazy until game time? What do you think? <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have my thoughts that it's maybe not so friendly. <laughs> not it's not a family environment um <laughs> it's shows, not a family I mean, environment yeah that's a good way to put it the the minute you to answer your question the minute you get off the bus so people that haven't been to hilton there's a bus route you go down and you go down inside um into uh the bottom shelf of the stadium i don't know what that's called but where the buses go down but the bus stops at the top and we get all our bags and we get our bags and walk down, down the hill, down towards the stadium to our locker room. And every single year you played Iowa state, you have fans, students. I wouldn't, I shouldn't say adults are all students. Mostly there are some crazy adults where God bless you guys. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of students that are waiting for the Iowa bus to arrive and they're just screaming at you and they're yelling at you. They're calling you all these names or, talking about your ex-girlfriend they're talking about you know your, your family members whatever it is so um maybe a word of advice for the freshman maybe put some earbuds in and just you know knock out all the noise don't even listen to it but yeah it's 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 a insane environment something that i always appreciated because mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm weird i loved i love having you know that hostile environment because that makes me even more excited to play right 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, you know, Elta versus Newell Fonda in high school, not quite same level as Iowa State. But I did love going against our rivals and having the entire student section hate you. Um I wish, do you know what trim spa is? Have you ever heard of it? I have not. Um, it's like a weight loss supplement thing from back when I was in high school. I was at the free throw line against one of our rivalries and the entire student section was chanting trim spa while oh. I was shooting free throws, which I was at the That's free throw. Line. Nice. I was at the free throw line laughing, uh, like five guys that were leading the, the chant in the student section were like some guys who I was kind of friends with. So I thought it was funny, but, um, we beat them on their senior night and I gave us throat slash shine to their entire student section probably wasn't kind of me and probably not wise um about started a riot but um the 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 moment got the best of me but yeah playing in those those environments where everyone hates you and you're like out to try to spoil their night man that's i loved it that was motivating for me yeah and i was i'm the same way i i enjoyed playing away more than i played at home because of that feeling there's no better feeling then going into someone else's arena and then walking out to pure silence. Mm-hmm. You're going into pure chaos. You're walking out to pure science silence. There is no better feeling in the world. Of some, that's something I always will appreciate about my time playing basketball, because if you, you only know if you've experienced it, what it feels like it's, it's, you can't even put it into words because it's, it's funny. It's hilarious. It's, you know, accomplishing you feel like success all written all over you you feel like you've accomplished you know the biggest thing in the world there's just no better feeling yeah and uh shout out to uh matthew van Winkle. part of your uh time at uh iowa you left the shoes at half court said thanks for the memes and that's how we came up with the name for the show making memes a little play on that moment um i still have iowa state friends to this day that do not appreciate you doing that um I think it's silly that they're still hung up on that, but that just speaks to the magnitude of this rivalry. <laughs> well, if not to get serious for, for a second, I, I always think it's funny because this is, you know, a lot of people don't know the story. So as since our it's only right, our podcast is called Make Amends for that mm-hmm. reason. Um, it's only right I share this, and we we were, were going to share this the first episode we um, we we started this, but we ran out of time. So the, the, the story of the shoes for Iowa State fans that don't exactly know what happened after. So what happened after is a security guard or someone from Iowa State picked the shoes up, threw them in the trash can or wherever they, she put them, 
and um, someone grabbed them out of the trash can and got them into the locker room into the hands of our um, director of basketball operations, Kyle Denning. Kyle Denning didn't tell me he had the shoes until we got back to Iowa City. And we got back to Iowa City. He gave them to me. Kyle Denning, you know, said you could do something really cool here. Just think about, you know, something, you know, that might, you know, benefit something. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm all for it. Let's do it. So, you know, I'm going to rant here for a second. I know we're, Go for it, buddy. Um, so we got out back from Iowa City. And that night I said, I'm going to raffle these off for going all, all the money going to the children's hospital. And after I think we had them open for – Oh, shoot. I don't remember, dude. It was probably three weeks, maybe. Or no, it wasn't that long. It was probably about a week and a half. We raffled them off for, okay. for Venmo and we raised $26,000 for the Children's Hospital. And, you know, fast forward, um, it was about the two year, year and a half when I left Iowa City. My last thing I want to do was make an official. I, I handed over the check to, um, the children's hospital, because I want to kind of be like my last, you know, action was for something else bigger than myself. And, you know, I was really excited to do that and, you know, not excited to leave Iowa city, but excited for that moment to happen. When I decided, um, we decided to do that, found a place for the $26,000 and actually went to, uh, a cardiovascular for, for children, uh, a project is called project Adam. Um, and we talked about this, Adam, mm-hmm. uh, kind of funny it's actually called project adam now it's that's weird our worlds are colliding in multiple ways that just gave me goosebumps for a second yeah really (laughs) weird um but the it was called project adam and the people at the hospital found this perfect spot for which was that we were really excited for that to happen um we did the check presentation found the spot the money you know went over to them and just recently, you know, how fitting is it that we just started this episode? I think it was the night before we, we started making MEMS. Um, I got a text from the head uh, pedi- pediatrician for cardiovascular um, in the Children's Hospital. And he texted me that there is a, a kid that just was saved by the money that was going to Project Adam, a 14-year-old in um, Iowa City um, that, you know, had a heart defect and passed out or no heart stopped or whatever and it was saved by an aed that was you know brought to the project adam that was started by this guy and where that money went so full circle kind of crazy that that happened and now now that we have this podcast making maps kind of want to share the little background of the shoes because it it was bigger than just the shoes that people are getting pissed off at from the other side I, i think it's you know, something as I live my life, it's the coolest thing I, I think I'll ever do on t- not topping the Chris Street missing the free throw because that's mm-hmm. really important to me. But what what good came out of such a silly action? I think that's I guess that's my point. Of yep. it. No, I think that's that's a beautiful story. And it just shows how, yeah, we can all get caught up in the moment with our sports teams and stuff. But ultimately, it's just sports. Um, I mean, for some of you, you can go on and actually make money doing it. But for the rest of us, it's just sports. There's way bigger things in life to worry about. And there's there's a lot more people in the world that have far worse things going on in life than us pouting about our team losing. And uh, so it's awesome that you guys could turn that into something positive and help save a life. And hopefully Project Adam will help save many more lives down the road. That's really cool. 
Dude, I didn't even put it together. I project Adam, Adam, working with you. This is just making me kind of crazy. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. kind of weird how we <laughs> collide. You're right. It's yes, insane. sir. Well, God's always got a crazy way of bringing things together. Wow. I will. Uh, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just saying. I'm just. I'm just happy. I know. I know. We we talked a long time about you know getting this started, and I just. Shout out to Chris, you know, brief another shout out. I know we thank them enough, but this is, you know, something that, you know, I see as a lifelong thing with, with you and obviously Iowa everywhere, mm-hmm. because what Iowa everywhere is doing is just some great things. And we're excited to be a part of them. Well, like uh, Leo DiCaprio says in that scene in Wolf of Wall Street, I ain't effing leaving. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I might leave this room. It's like 95 degrees in here now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just one more thing to wrap up Cyhawk. Um, I'm looking for a big bounce back game out of Owen Freeman. There's very few bigs who are ever going to be happy with their performance when they're playing Purdue and Zach Eady. Owen Freeman has won big 10 freshman of the week, three times now, first three weeks of the season. Um, man, that guy is a stud. I think he's going to be an awesome player. I'm looking for a big bounce back game out of him. I know he's a freshman and it is going to be, a crazy what's crazier at Hilton or at Mackey? Oh, I mean, the fact I didn't even think that's I'm glad you brought that point up because I didn't think about it. They went from back to back wild environments. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I think, see, I'm I had a different situation because of me, so Iowa State treated me differently than not, not to put myself different shoes than anyone, but. No pun intended there. Um, <laughs> well, dude, like I told you when you came on my podcast, the most hated person in basketball is always the opposing team's white three-point shooter. Yeah. That, I yeah. swear. It is, it is true. It's been true for years, and it'll be true for more years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Mackie and – they're just different. I don't want to do a tie, but it might have to be. It might have to All be. All right. Well, so it's going to be another crazy environment, but I do look like I do look for a big bounce back out of Owen Freeman um, defensively and with some offensive stuff. I think my prediction uh, for the next few years, three, four years, is that Freeman and Harding are going to become quite possibly two of the most hated Hawkeyes ever by Iowa State fans. Those guys are they got some swag to them and Harding. He's pesky. He's a pesky little fella. He'll get in there and kind of be a menace like Brad Davison style. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, I think, I think he's going to have some big moments for us where the other team, like the other team's fan base wants to just run on the court and punch him. Um, and I look for those two to play really well together for many years, but I do think that they're going to become, which I love, I love a good hated duo, but I think Iowa State fans are going to end up hating them because they're going to have some awesome kind of swag filled big moments for the Hawks. Well, and these are big games for them. I know we keep touching on this, but these are big games for both of them to, you know, Owen didn't have a good game against ED. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that was probably going to be given knowing the matchup he had to, you know, endure. I mean, he had two fouls really quick, but Brock and Owen, they're going to have to take everything in these next, you know, few weeks because life is going to hit them fast in the next six months. They're going to go from, players that they're just coming and learning the system and this year is more of a just a building year i think for iowa like we talked about the first week but 
man, life's going to hit them fast in six months where they're back at an Iowa city campus and they, they're, they're working all year round to get to the point where they got to be the guys coming forward in the next few years, because yep. it's a, it's a, you're thrown into the fire as you see right away. These freshmen are thrown in the fire right away and they got to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out right away, normally those guys don't figure it out at all. Yep. So, all right, let's touch on, uh, just the national landscape quick of college basketball before we try to end this quick of football. Um, going into the year, I think most people probably thought Kansas is going to be the big, you know, they're going to be the one, and they probably still are maybe the team that to beat, especially with Hunter Dickinson going there and stuff. But I don't know how much you've played attention to the college basketball landscape so far early in the season. It's been crazy. There's been so many double-digit home favorites that have lost, ranked teams that have lost, uh, outright, not even covered the spread because I know because it's been some bad nights gambling for me. Um, <laughs> and like Ole Miss loses at home to Southern the other day. There's been multiple double digit home favorites that were ranked that lost outright to some group of five team. You got Kansas lost to Marquette, but then they bounced back and beat um, UConn. And then Marquette goes and loses to Wisconsin, which I know huge rivalry game. I get it. But College basketball is so wide open right now. It's going to be a fun season to watch. Big 12, obviously, as predicted, probably the best conference. They have three in the top six in the AP right now, and I think they have five in the top, yeah, 14, because BYU is 14th, Texas also. So Iowa State um, going to be a heck of a season for them <laughs> in the Big 12. Big 10, obviously, like I mentioned, is just kind of Purdue and everyone else. Um I think the next highest ranked Big Ten team is Illinois at 20. Oklahoma, by the way, up to number 19. So at least that's, you know, it wasn't a close game, but at least it's looking like a decent quad one loss for the Hawks there. But yeah, college basketball right now, looking forward to a wild season. It's, it is going to be wide open and crazy, and I'm excited. And if Iowa can figure some things out, I do, I'm probably more optimistic than I've had a lot of friends tell me that I need to be more realistic like you. That have been listening to the episodes, but I do think like around fifth and sixth, maybe even fourth in the Big Ten is attainable if they can build some continuity and kind of figure out who the leaders are and 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 get Peyton some open looks and try to figure out how that all works. Because outside of Purdue, the conference is kind of wide open right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a bizarre year. I, I think you're right. As uh, overall landscape, the Big Twelve is going to be the best conference this year. What I'm curious about is houston because this is their first year in the big 12 how they're yeah. gonna i mean i don't know they're a really great team really well coached they always have some really great athletes i'm just curious to see how they're gonna do uh enduring enduring the long big 12 grind and see what the record's gonna be at the end of the year yeah. also um yeah i mean iowa has a realistic shot not to keep touching iowa but I, they do have a realistic shot to get in the you know four to six range i see mm -hmm. them more in the six six to ten range in my opinion but sure like you said anything anything can happen if they get if they run some wins here they take care if they take care of home games alone they're they'll they'll be in the middle of the pack yep uh one thing i am very excited for um is kelvin sampson going back to oklahoma for the first time in I don't know how many years. And it'll be the last time, the one and only time, because then Oklahoma's off to the SEC. But that guy, he got in trouble for something that is now legal. It was so minor at the time, the recruiting thing that happened. Like it, What he did is now completely legal for coaches to do. 
and he just got chastised and I thought unfairly and that guy can coach he was awesome at Oklahoma he's been awesome at Houston uh Houston at Oklahoma that's gonna be wild I'm excited to watch that game and his return there yeah that's gonna be great to see it's, it's just funny this is gonna be a little kind of off topic but it's, mm-hmm. it's funny how you talk about that of something he did legal and he got crucified for it mm-hmm. and then you look at a guy like Chris Beard who not i mean Ooh. allegedly allegedly happened yep. with with his significant other mm-hmm. and got fired and then got rehired and the next year to <laughs> coach yeah. you know at a big time old miss school yep i mean how how crazy just i know we've talked about i've talked about this in the past just how crazy college basketball coaches are perceived in the public i mean they look at they're looked at like gods and then even mm-hmm. when they're not gods, they're still looked at as gods at another university. It's just a lot of hypocrisy. Crazy. It's so crazy to me, dude. It's so yep. crazy. After everything they do to, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't want. I'm not going to go down that topic because I have. My, <laughs> I'm a ref accountability to close out here pretty soon. But. Oh, I'm very excited to hear it. Um, all right, Saturday. That was sad, man. That was a bummer. I was hyped all day for it. Um, Iowa. I think a lot of I've heard a lot of different podcasts and people say this Iowa's defense deserved better. Um, a couple big plays here and there, and honestly, it's like maybe a a ten three football game, ten seven going into the end of the game with maybe a chance to tie it or win it. Who knows? But just had Iowa had some big mistakes and then a absolutely heinous call against them that gave Michigan a five yard touchdown. Michigan's two touchdowns were a combined eleven yards, man. Like, ah, we just, it's, it's, it's a bummer. It's, it's, it, 26, nothing was not indicative of how close I feel it was. If Cooper plays, they probably don't have that big punt return changes everything. Maybe we stop them, get a couple plays, get a field goal. Like it is what it is. It was a bummer. But uh, what do you think about the big 10 title game? I mean, I still, as psychotic as it sounds, I still enjoyed watching it because of everything that Iowa went through. Just to see them on that on that national stage, just alone, I think mm-hmm. that was that was really cool to see after everything I went through. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's hard not to be disappointed because we had the the fuckers in stripes where they just they decide. <laughs> to, I don't I don't care what Michigan fans say. There, I had a bunch <laughs> of Michigan fans on my Twitter just replying to me. We're we're talking about. I was talking about an, a, a change of outcome in the game, and then I had people talking about, oh, a change in outcome. It, they would have lost regardless. So how can you say it's a change in outcome? You have to be literally. I'm gonna cuss again. Fucking stupid to think a change <laughs> in outcome is only win or loss. No, a change in outcome can mean what just happened in a series of events just changed what's gonna happen in the next series of events, mm-hmm. and that series of events was huge. I mean, you look at the the, the uh, rough net passer that wasn't called. You look at the calls that have been called throughout. Um, the, I mean, you look at the NFL, but you look at the the NCAA. Oh my gosh, you can got assaulted. Literally, how is that not a roughing the passer call? And then people yep. want to say, "Oh, it didn't matter. They fumbled the next possession." I think they think that was a play they. Well, fumbled guess the what? Possession. We don't run that play if we're fifteen yards further. Exactly. And then you look at that rough in the past, a 15-yard penalty. They go to the, what is it, the 16-yard line then or 20-yard mm-hmm. line or whatever it would have been. At least we got three points out of it. So we went mm-hmm. from 
17 was a 17 0 to 10 to 3 if yep. they would have kicked that field that's a huge difference going into the second half yep and then on top of we all know what happened you know with the crazy review i don't even at this point said, at this point his arm was moving forward and his hand wasn't which i didn't know was possible my who's gonna hold these guys accountable yep honestly no one's holding these guys accountable how can mm-hmm. you go back in the replay booth and it is completely obvious and then they say a statement that's not even true to kirk mm-hmm. i mean if i was kirk i would have he would have i'm sorry i would have got it fined in every single direction if i was on the press conference i'm mm-hmm. i'm Props to him for holding back as much as he has because as much shit as they've been through with their their team and coaching and, you know, with the firing of Brian, for them to deal with what they have had, had in the past with the Minnesota game being completely screwed over, which would have changed the directory if they would have won the Big Ten championship game, they would have been in the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. And yep. they would if they would have got there and beat Michigan. But, however, because they have – if you look at it, Adam, there is basically three plays. Yes, you can say, oh, outcome would have changed. It's just win or loss. They would have lost regardless. Okay, well, you change those three plays. We're looking at a totally different scenario, not mm-hmm. only just on the Michigan game. We look back at the Minnesota game. That's just one play that was called because the, the people in black and white stripes have no idea what world they're in half the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, at this point – I am just shocked that we even let people officiate games. I just say, go out, roll the football <laughs> out, and just play the game. Play that's some backyard. Ref- that's my ref accountability. Dude, it was – yeah, and I uh, – context is everything. People say, well, you lost 26 nothing. doesn't change it. Well, if if we don't give up the big punt return and that fumble and the screw job like call – Changes it could be 6-3 instead of 17 nothing or something. And Michigan had their lowest uh, average – yards per play since 2016 against the Hawks. Um, JJ McCarthy's never been in a situation like that. So now all of a sudden it's a tight game. Michigan's buttholes are puckered. They're like feeling the pressure. Iowa's defense is out to eat. You never know what can happen. It could have still been a loss, um, but you'd like to not see some of those things happen to really know. And obviously Iowa shot themselves with some big mistakes. Um, so maybe it still would have been a loss. Probably would have still been, but you, you'd like to, feel more comfortable about the loss i guess you're never comfortable with a loss but and we probably sound like a bunch of whining homers but there was a lot of national media people that were all over social media saying wow these are some terrible calls so i i'm yeah i mean i don't want to keep beating the 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 dead horse but yeah at, at that level of a game you should have competent officials that know what is going on but we don't even see that in the Big Ten Championship, you look across the board, and I know officials are going to come out and say, "Oh, well, we're a diamond a dozen." There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, officials out there that are willing to, you know, be a part of this profession anymore because of people like you guys that just hate on us. Bullshit! You guys get no hate. You have no accountability. You go and collect your check, and the next game you go and do the same thing again to another team. So I'm not even just saying Iowa alone. I mean, you look at the Iowa State side of thing. Iowa State had. Atrocious yep. calls throughout this year in football. Some too. bad ones, real bad. Really bad. I mean, you just go down the line on teams that have just been screwed over by these people in the black and white. I don't know. I, at some point, there has to be a they. In my opinion, I've always said this: there has to be some sort of reform, where there has to be suspensions or fines of some sort 
to hold these guys accountable or just don't even give them the paycheck. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe start with that because they did not do their job. Why deserve a paycheck if you don't do your job? Last thing I checked, we live in America. You should work hard for your money. <laughs> all right. Well, that was your accountability minute with J-Bo. <laughs> um, all right. This is a weekend. We don't have to talk any more football other than that. Legends and listeners, John Miller, all those guys on the network covered it all. If you want to get in the really nitty-gritty details of it. Um, I wanted to do, because it is soup season, I wanted to do a soup ranking with you, but I, let's save it. We'll save it for a less busy episode when we're not up against the time. Um, before we hop out of here, I want to mention our friends at the Iowa Event Center. You got, if you want to go back and relive those days like me when you were in the weight room in high school, losing your mind while you were deadlifting the school record to Disturbed or Avenge Sevenfold, you can go do that at the Iowa Event Center. They're going to be there. So many more fun things. And also, I just saw December 15th, 2024, my current favorite comedian is going to be at the Iowa Event Center, Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm. I am so hyped for that. I want to, this is probably a complete pipe dream and will never happen, but I want to talk to the guys at the Iowa Event Center, see if we can do like some kind of promo fun video thing with Iowa everywhere in them. And I can somehow like talk to him and interview him or we could. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know what? I've gotten like big into first off, props to Iowa Event Center because they're just getting unreal talent. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's just so great for the state of Iowa. And I think a lot of musicians, artists, and, you know, comedians are starting to. I mean, Adam, was it Adam Sandler just? At, yep. Well, just about uh, a month ago or so. Yeah. It's just crazy the kind of talent they're bringing in. But yeah, I've gotten huge into like the comedy shows and stand-up comedians lately. I'm actually going to Pete Davidson and, and Cedar Rapids here on nice. tomorrow night. So, um, so random, like comedians coming to Iowa, you think of yep. them like, what, what do you, right. what got you here? <laughs> well, we need to have an Iowa everywhere outing, or at least you and me and some of my friends or your friends, whoever, we got to go see Sebastian. I'm down for Have you ever seen any of his stuff? I have. I've heard of him. But oh, never, brother. Yeah. It is hilarious. I love it so much. I'll have to watch some stuff here this week. So, all right. Well, go check out our friends at the Iowa Event Center. Um, also, check out Iowa Everywhere on social media. We got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We've got X. All my exes live on Twitter. Um, you've, that was terrible. You've got TikTok. Um, find us on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. And also on YouTube, um where our shows go live on there and stuff um follow us all over social media it's a good time um i feel like we bring some entertainment i'm excited uh for our next episode hopefully we're talking about um sorry williams sorry matt hopefully we're talking about a hawkeye dub um and uh, i'm excited for that game it's going to be a a big moment a big fun one for the state Uh, always a fun one here at the network so we can watch you and williams and other people trash talk each other it's a good time. Yeah, I, I think I went too far last night. Ah. That's all right. He laughed. He laughed, and so I don't. <laughs> I, I, he didn't reply to me saying that if they lose, that he should grow Fu Manchu. So he must not want to do that. <laughs> I think Williams. Man. I think Williams would look great with his little fuzz up top and a Fu Manchu mustache. Mm, a little creepy. <laughs> He's a little too old to do that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> really too old. Really, 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 really old. Oh man. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, go Hawks. Let's hope for a good game coming up. Um, Jaybo, always appreciate your insight. Um, I know I think I speak on behalf of all of the 
Joes out there that we like insight from people like you who maybe know a little more and have actually been in that situation. So appreciate that. Um, and I just love making memes with you, buddy. Making memes is the best feeling in the world. All right. Well, Iowa Everywhere Nation, love you all. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Making Memes. Iowa Everywhere.